This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. And the UFA Cooperative. Today we hear a long-range weather forecast from Drew Lerner at World Weather Inc. Lerner held a Sasquatch webinar yesterday to discuss the outlook for the growing season this year. CN Rail says it's doing a good job delivering prairie grain to port in a timely manner and outlines the process for doing so. We look at the cattle market and efforts to battle calf scours. The farm weather's in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. The location and strength of a high-pressure ridge this summer will determine which areas of Saskatchewan will receive higher-than-normal rainfall in July and August. Drew Lerner is an agricultural meteorologist with World Weather, Inc., based in Kansas City, Missouri. He was on a webinar yesterday sponsored by the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. For the summer, Lerner will be watching the Negative Pacific Decodal Oscillation, which he refers to as PDO. A classic negative phase of PDO will produce a stronger ridge of high pressure in the middle of North America, usually in the plains and or the western U.S. Corn Belt. At the same time, though, it produces this trough of low pressure in the U.S. Pacific Northwest, and storm systems that move into the Pacific Northwest run into the ridge, and as they run into the ridge, they can't go anymore to the east they have to follow the upper level winds and they follow the ridge up into Canada's prairies. So the negative PDO pattern will actually help to generate and an, an, generate some greater precipitation across parts of the prairies. Now, who gets the rain and how much rain gets uh, is all going to be determined by the amplitude of the ridge and the positioning of it. So let's say, let's let this ridge be stronger. If it's stronger and it goes up farther into the prairies, then these storms that come into the Pacific Northwest are going to be mostly in Alberta and western Saskatchewan. There's no way you can get the storms to move uh, eastward through the middle of the ridge. So they'd have to go up and over. If the ridge is flatter and it, it's mostly in the U.S., then systems that come into the Pacific Northwest will come in and ride right over the top of the ridge and we'll see abundant moisture in the southern prairies and the northern U.S. plains. So it's all about the intensity of the ridge of high pressure and this position. If the ridge ends up being a little farther to the east, then a much larger portion of the prairies will get rain. If it's farther to the west, which is highly unlikely, uh, if it's farther to the west, then the rains could be in, ending up uh, in Alberta mostly, and everybody else would be drier biased. I say that I don't see the ridge being farther west. I think it will be more to the east. But nevertheless, this is what PDO will do. Drew Lerner is an agricultural meteorologist with World Weather, Inc. in Kansas City, Missouri. We have more highlights of his webcast, starting with the spring precipitation forecast for the driest part of the prairies. The western areas may not get much moisture in the April-May time period. There'll be a little bit, but not a lot. 
And so that area is going to have much more of a drier tendency. Now, field work will go quickly in May across the southwestern part of the prairies because of the lower levels of moisture that are around. The southeast corner of the province is also looking at below-normal spring precipitation, while all other regions in the near-normal zone. Moving ahead to summer, Lerner says a high-pressure ridge will bring above-normal rainfall to one band across the province, but he can't pinpoint the main location. I think the odds are very high. We're going to see at least a band of significant precipitation occurring across a portion of the prairies. Now, whether it's down close to the U.S. border or whether it's Lake Diefenbaker to Swan River, something like that, uh, it still remains to be seen. I do believe that the northwestern portions of the prairies will see a little lighter precipitation bias during the summer, and it will be warmer bias there as well. Lerner likes to examine the 18-year weather cycles, and fortunately, he doesn't think 1987 will be a precursor for this year. The reason why we're not going to follow 1987 is because 1987 was the year that preceded a uh, the 1988 drought. And you know as well as I do, we are not at the beginning of a drought. We are at the end of a drought. And so 1987 is not going to verify. And I I feel pretty comfortable with telling you that. We may see some flavor of dryness, but we're not going to see that that kind of persistent dryness in the autumn. And for those of you who are thinking about your harvest season, you're absolutely right. You know, we've been spoiled the last couple of years with really good harvest weather, and you will not necessarily see that in 2023. Lerner's comments were made yesterday during a webinar sponsored by the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Spawley on 620 CKRM. CN Rail has outlined railway procedures to move prairie grain to export position in a timely manner. Assistant Vice President of Grain David Chednovic starts with car ordering processes. First, it's important to remember the demand for hopper cars in Western Canada is seasonal. While there are processors south of the border and in the domestic market that have steady demand year-round, most Canadian grain finds its way to the export market. The demand for grain movement is generally strongest in the fall and winter when domestic supplies are greatest. Demand generally drops off later in the year in response to stronger international competition. Greater availability of domestic supplies in major importing countries give a new crop availability and reduced farmer selling interest. There's plenty of demand year-round across the globe for crops that prairie farmers produce. Global trade of grains, pulses, and oil seeds exceeds half a billion tons annually. Western Canadian grain is unique in that it's the only commodity in North America where rail rates for movement to port are regulated through the maximum revenue entitlement. In an environment where price is not available as an effective mechanism to ration demand, demand is even greater than it might otherwise be. There's total demand, and then there's the reality of how much demand the end-to-end supply chain can handle at any point in time. Shidnovic outlines more details on movement of Western hopper cars. Well, CN begins the week with an assessment of supply chain performance to determine what size of grain spotting program can be delivered. The plan is refined during the week as more information is collected, and the program for the upcoming week is finalized by Friday. In the case of a grain company owning multiple country elevators, that grain company's transportation group places the orders for CN-supplied hoppers and provides a list of priorities should the demand for a given week exceed supply. Individual grain elevators do not place orders with CN. Producer car orders are placed directly with the Canadian Grain Commission and communicated to CN. Customers place orders for hopper cars by 1 o'clock central time each Tuesday for the following week. After the order cutoff time, orders are reviewed to make sure they're valid. If the terminal receiving those orders has not authorized them, for example, those orders are removed. Grain companies that own their own export terminals generally terminally authorize 100% of their orders, whether the terminal can handle them or not. 
A grain company may have a throughput agreement with another company owning an export facility, but unless the export facility can take those orders, CN is unable to consider those orders valid. Some people consider this unfulfilled demand, which it is, but the reason why that order cannot be fulfilled. In this case, no terminal capacity is important. If CN were to accept that demand, it ties up hopper cars that could be used by other customers to deliver to terminals with capacity, in turn reducing the overall efficiency of the system. In the past number of weeks, CN has been unable to accept all customers' orders, roughly a couple hundred per week, simply because terminal productivity-related issues and capacity have not been balanced with certain customers' demand. The collective objective of CN and its customers is to maximize the throughput of the whole system, but the supply chain only works if all the parts are working together. Chidnovic explains further with the Hopper Car Order review process. Car orders placed by customers against contractual commitments with CN are considered first. This is priority car supply with reciprocal penalties for CN and the customer. The balance of available car supply for that week is allocated evenly across the remaining orders for each customer. We call these general orders. Even though a customer may have priority car supply, CN must consider the situation with respect to the pipeline pointed at a customer's destination terminal. If the terminal's plugged and the outlook for the pipeline to the terminal doesn't look good because of persistent rain in the forecast, for example, CN may not be able to accept and plan all of the customer's orders. Why? Because the pipeline can't handle it. Customers place orders against their requirements on a weekly basis. There's no wait list. Any car orders that cannot be met can be reordered for the following week. Shidnovic then focuses on CN Rail's weekly reporting on Western Canadian grain as it pertains to car order fulfillment. Well, beyond simply projecting and reporting on the total amount of grain and processed grain products being shipped from Western Canada over a specific period, CN also measures and reports on the quality of the service being provided. This report's been around since the 2016-17 crop year, capturing 100% of grain shipments moving in CN-supplied hoppers and private customer-supplied hoppers, along with detailing 100% of the orders received for CN equipment. CN reports total grain tonnage moved on a weekly basis by corridor for bulk grain and processed grain products, along with crop year-to-date shipments, followed by detail concerning customer orders for CN-supplied hopper cars in relation to supply chain capacity. CN also reports in detail on how CN executed against the grain spotting plan, including what percentage of CN-supplied hopper cars were supplied against the current week spot plan, along with the percentage of orders that were supplied either in the week requested or within 24 to 72 hours of the end of the one week. Shednovic outlines other details in the reporting. Well, in contrast to certain industry reporting, CN gets into the detail as to the why of what's going on in the supply chain. Up front in CN's weekly reporting, there's a supply chain dashboard that illustrates how the supply chain is doing, and it ties back to all the conditions required to achieve maximum supply chain capacity. CN's guidance for maximum end-to-end grain supply chain capacity during winter, for example, between bulk grain and processed grain products is up to 6,250 cars per week, remembering that to achieve those levels requires no mainline disruptions, fluidity across shipment corridors, seven-day terminal unloading, and other considerations. If you don't have all the ingredients in place to bake the cake, so to speak, maximum end-to-end grain supply chain capacity can't be achieved. Right below the dashboard is detail about why the individual components of the dashboard are color-coded the way they are for that week. If you don't have that information to go along with the percentage of orders fulfilled, you don't have the whole picture. The end-to-end supply chain is a lot more complicated than pass or fail with nothing in between. All the links in the chain need to be working together to deliver results. Shednovic explains what CN Rail's car order fulfillment results look like so far this crop year. CN has been consistently supplying 90 to 100% of planned and confirmed car orders either within the want week requested or within one to three days after the end of the want week. 
That's translating into strong and steady grain movement. David Shudnovic is the Assistant Vice President of Grain at CN Rail. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. We have a new farm feature with Doug Falconer of GX94. AgReview, it's brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. The Manitoba government is expecting flooding along the Red River south of Winnipeg this year, although not enough to overcome community dikes and diversions. The province's March outlook says the flood risk is low or moderate along many rivers, including the Assiniboine, Pembina, Rosso and Surus. But the Red River is at risk because of heavy snowfall upstream in North Dakota. The Manitoba Hydrologic Forecast Centre says it's likely that the Red River floodway, which diverts rising water around Winnipeg, will be operated this spring. The Portage Diversion near Portage La Prairie is also expected to be used. The province says the potential for flooding could change depending on weather conditions between now and the spring melt. The United States pushed back on Russian demands that Western sanctions be eased before it allows Ukrainian Black Sea grain exports beyond mid-May, saying there were no restrictions on Russian agricultural products or fertilizer. Moscow's demands include allowing the Russian Agricultural Bank to return to the SWIFT banking system and unblocking the accounts and financial activities of Russian fertilizer companies. The deal allowing the safe wartime export of Ukrainian grain from its Black Sea ports, initially brokered last July by Turkey and the United Nations, was renewed on Saturday for at least 60 days, half the intended period. The aim of last July's deal was to combat a global food crisis fueled in part by Russia's February 2022 invasion of Ukraine and Black Sea blockade. Before the war, Ukraine was the world's fourth largest corn exporter and fifth biggest wheat seller, a main supplier to poor countries in Africa and the Middle East. Russia is a top exporter of fertilizer. World trade in chickpeas and lentils is expected to remain relatively steady in 2023, with solid demand from South Asia underpinning markets, according to the latest outlook from the International Grains Council. The IGC sees the world trade in chickpeas in 2023 at about 1.9 million metric tons, which would be unchanged from 2022, with world lentil movement also relatively steady on the year, at around 4 million metric tons. Total world pulse trade in 2023 is seen rising by 2% to 17.4 million metric tons, largely due to firmer demand for dry peas. Canada is a major exporter of all three crops, with pea exports from licensed facilities through the first 32 weeks of the 2022-23 marketing year, running 62% ahead of the previous year's pace, according to Canadian Grain Commission data. Indonesia, the world's largest producer of palm oil, is forecast to see a 3% rise in production in 2023-24, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Foreign Agricultural Service post in Jakarta. The country's USDA post anticipates 46 million metric tons of palm oil production, 
which would be up from 44.7 during the current marketing year. The estimate assumes no significant weather events through the remainder of 2022-23. However, a developing El Nino weather pattern for the second half of 2023 could lead to dryness in Indonesia, which would hamper fruit setting and flowering while lowering palm oil output. Indonesian palm oil exports are forecast at 28.5 million metric tons in 2023-24, which would be up by only 100,000 metric tons from the current marketing year, with India, China and Pakistan the major customers. And a salmon farming company in British Columbia is going to court to challenge the federal government's decision not to renew the licenses for its open net farms off Vancouver Island. Maui Canada West has applied for a judicial review of the decision last month by Fisheries Minister Joyce Murray to shut down 15 salmon farms. The company wants a federal court to declare the minister's February decision invalid and unlawful. The federal government has not responded to the application, but Murray has said there is uncertainty over the risks fish farms pose to wild salmon and it was committed to transitioning away from the open net farms. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your agri weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. And brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Partly cloudy sky today, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour, the high minus 5. There will be some fog patches developing overnight, and the low minus 17. Thursday, clearing, wind south 20, gusting to 40, the high tomorrow 0, with the low of minus 13. Friday, sunny, the high minus 4, the low minus 10. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high minus 6, the low minus 14. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 5, the low minus 15. Monday, sunny, the high minus 7, the low minus 13. Tuesday, sunny, the high minus 2. Normal high is plus 3 for this date, the normal low minus 9. The sun rose at 6.58 this morning. It sets at 7.13 tonight. And currently, the hot spot is Maple Creek in the southwest corner at minus 3. The cold spot, Melford again, at minus 14. Estevan, minus 9. Saskatoon, minus 12. Swift Current, minus 9. Weyburn, minus 10. Yorkton, minus 9. Regina, sunny and minus 10. That's 14 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 13. Humidity is 79%. The barometer rising... 101.9. Moose Jaw partly cloudy and minus 9. Winds are from the west-northwest at 11. Once again, Regina, sunny and minus 10. That's 14 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. 
This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. One of the challenges facing both beef and dairy cattle producers is diarrhea in neonatal calves, commonly referred to as scours. Dr. Frank Van Demeer is a professor of veterinary medicine at the University of Calgary. He was recently on the Beef Cattle Health and Nutrition podcast produced by Don Campbell in Saskatoon. Van Demeer talks about the prevalence of scours. They vary wildly, of course, depending on many factors such as the weather or management or what kind of breed of cows you have or what production system. But they are always in about five to six percent of the calves will experience at any given year a scours and that can go up very high if you're unlucky and you have a large herd, for example, and you get an introduction of one of these pathogens. It can go uh, uh, like wildfire if you don't manage that well. The big issue for the calves is loss of fluid. Keep giving them milk or anything that has a lot of energy in it because that's what they need. They need to recover. They need to be able to create those new cells. They need to be able to fight off the virus infection or any other infection they're dealing with. And therefore, they need energy. Cows and heifers can be vaccinated to provide some protection against scours, but Dr. Vandermeer says it's not a sure thing. We have cows, heifers that are vaccinated. We try to induce an immune response in these animals. That immune response needs to result in a good amount of high-quality colostrum with the right antibodies in it anti-rota, anti-corona, anti-E. coli. Those antibodies need to make its way into the colostrum because that's the only time that the calf actually can absorb them. And if they end up in the colostrum, the calf need to take them in and get them into the calf system. That's quite a route it has to take where a lot of things can go wrong. Dr. Vandermeer is conducting a field study on the causes of calf diarrhea. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com The leader of North Korea is demanding an expansion of farmland and improvements to infrastructure as his country looks at a looming food crisis. The pandemic led to a big drop in trade with China, while floods and typhoons have caused a big hit on the North Korean economy. South Korea says it's been hearing about a surge in hunger-related deaths in some parts of the North. Now leader Kim Jong-un is demanding better irrigation systems and the building of modern farming machines. Work has been ongoing to convert coastal mudflats to farmland, but progress has been slow, so it hasn't helped to deal with food shortages in North Korea. Here's the market updates with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Market update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Sask Pork and Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grain prices at Viterra were showing downward movement in early trading. Canola fell $1 at 718.82. 
Flax plunged $40 at $526.98. Number one red spring wheat dropped $549 at $384.71. The rest were unchanged. Durham $458.38. Feed barley $362.58. Chickpeas $1058.22. Lentils $768.50. Oats $215.32. Yellow peas $422.04. And feed wheat $289.56. On the Minneapolis Grand Exchange, hard red spring wheat for May is down eight and a quarter, eight and a half cents at eight thirty-seven and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock eight four two forty five seventy four. And now the latest livestock quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of March 21st. Our last regular sale is on March 15th. The butcher market is still strong. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.19 to $1.39. D2 cows sold from $1 to $1.18. Counter cows sold from $0.80 cents to $1. Hefret sold from $1.79 to $1.94. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.35 to $1.67. We had a pre-sorted sale on March 13th. Most consigners couldn't make it in due to the storm, but that didn't affect the market at all. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged three dollars and twenty-five cents and sold at the three dollars and forty-nine cents. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged three dollars and twenty-five cents and sold at the three dollars and forty-six cents. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged three dollars and ten cents and sold at the three dollars and thirty-one cents. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged two dollars and ninety-eight cents and sold at the three dollars and nineteen cents. Seven hundred to eight hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and eighty-nine cents and sold up to three dollars and eight cents. Eight hundred to nine hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and sixty-nine cents and sold up to two dollars and eighty-two cents. And steers over nine hundred pounds averaged two dollars and fifty-four cents and sold up to two dollars and sixty-seven cents. Heifers were about forty cents back from the steers. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the price and today's Saskatchewan pork prices, one ninety-eight fifty-five per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Saskatchewan's population is hitting new highs. Numbers released by the provincial government show the population stands at 1,214,618. Premier Scott Moe says the province's growing economy, job opportunities and great quality of life are all reasons for the huge jump in population. European Central Bank head Christine Lagarde says future interest rate decisions are open after upheaval in the global banking system has left the economic outlook more uncertain. Speaking at a conference today at Frankfurt's University, Lagarde says decisions would depend on whether the numbers show painfully high inflation is headed convincingly down. In the U.S., the Fed is deciding on the future direction of interest rates. The Fed is stuck with a difficult decision. It can either keep hiking interest rates to drive down inflation, or it can ease off the increases given the pain it's already caused for banks. That pain could drag down the rest of the economy. On the markets today, the TSX is up 32 points at 19,687. The Dow has fallen 88 points to 32,473. Oil has risen 93 cents to $70.60 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 72.80 cents U.S. 
That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of the broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news, on your voice for everything ag, 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.